you know I do it every time. Can we do that again? Praise the Lord. I love the Lord. I'm glad that I am here with you this morning. There is no better place to be. No better place to be than be in the house of the Lord, worshiping and praising our Lord together. There's only a few things that I have to talk to you about this morning. Tuesday, March 1st, will be first Tuesday evening prayer at 7.30 here in the sanctuary. If you're able to be here, please do if you can. And Sunday, March 13th, we will have our district superintendent, Brother Daryl Weber. He will be ministering to us in our 11 a.m. service. Do you love the Lord this morning? And that's not just a generic question, just to fill some time. Whenever you say that you love the Lord, do you realize what he has done for you? He has extricated you from sin and the eternal punishment associated with that and placed you by his side and given you relationship with him. To me, of all things, I, am, I love the Lord for that precious gift that he's given me. I can't earn it. I can't barter for it, but the Lord has given it to me as a free gift, and I am so thankful for it. Can we worship the Lord this morning?
tragic things that's taken place in our lifetime. People enjoying freedom and uh, essentially one man decides that I'm not going to have that. I'm not going to tolerate that. I'm not here to get into the political part of it, but I am here to get into this part of it. We have two missionary families in the Ukraine, United Pentecostal Church missionaries. One of them is here in the States on deputation traveling around to raise their budget to go back. The other is still there and have been encouraged by a lot of people that you probably should get out and what have you in the missionary family. I believe they have seven or eight children. Uh, they said, no, we're not leaving our country. We're going to stay here and we're going to fight for the gospel. We're going to fight for the kingdom. 
I understand this missionary's grandfather was killed, persecuted-wise, standing for the gospel during the times of the old Soviet Union, the USSR. So they know what persecution is about. They know what martyrdom is about. And uh, I'd like to I'd like to be able to hear today Grace Church praying for a moment for that country and for our missionaries and for the church that's in the Ukraine today. Can't imagine what they're going through, what they're experiencing. Can we take them to the Lord right now? Everybody in the building, would you pray right now? Father, in the name of Jesus, you know all things. You know all things. And God, there's nothing that's too hard for you. Nothing is out of the realm of possibility for you. And I pray somehow that you'll roll back this tide of evil so that the gospel can flourish. Pray, God, for our two missionary families. You know them by name. You know everything about them. You know everything about them. You know their burden. You know the tears they've cried. You know their desire to bring the gospel to that great country. And I pray today somehow that you'd give them a blood covering. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, that you'll open doors where there is no door. No government, there's no tyrant that's ever been able to prohibit the gospel from flourishing in his own country. And I pray today for an outpouring of the Holy Ghost in the country of Ukraine. Let the Spirit of the Lord work. We ask it in Jesus' name. We ask it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. I believe God has heard that. And I can promise you there's churches around the world that are praying for this wonderful country and for the amazing church that's in the Ukraine. Thank the Lord. We are honored today to have Brother Greg Albright with us. If you'll remember a couple of weeks ago, we had announced that a couple of times and he had a, just a breakthrough in the revival that he was involved with in Oklahoma. And um, uh, as I understand it, the weather kind of shut that down. They, their airport froze over and uh, under an ice storm and what have you, so they uh, just quickly canceled uh, him being there this weekend. So he contacted me yesterday and said, hey, uh, we, we, we could make up for, the, for last Sunday. I believe it was last Sunday. And uh, so we are thrilled today that this has worked out, and I believe it's the will of God. I believe God postponed it one Sunday, and I believe he did that for a purpose. God don't make mistakes. And uh, I believe God wants to have his way here today. Thank the Lord. We're honored to have Brother Greg Albright with us today. No stranger to this church. Let's welcome him as he comes to the pulpit today to preach the gospel, shall we? Man, good morning and praise the Lord, everyone. Praise the Lord, everyone. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise as if a standing. Amen. It is so good to be with Grace Church Central this morning, excited, believing that God is going to meet with us, fill his assurance and his peace and his presence. Amen. We, we've been in just a beautiful time of revival in the Oklahoma City area. And as Pastor Murphy mentioned, um, just, just 
pastor said, Greg, if it was snow, we could plow it, but it's ice, and it's just not warmed up enough to thaw out. And God works in unique ways sometimes, and I just feel so much peace standing in this pulpit, being with you all today, and just sensing God's presence in the worship. How many of you have already felt God in a very near and dear way? Amen. Amen. Never want to take for granted that we can on our own or come together corporately we can begin to lift up the name of the Lord and he shows up it's not deniable it's, it's, it's a real it's invisible but it's not deniable that a presence comes a pure holy powerful presence comes it's God inhabiting the praise of his people I'm so thankful we believe that God still moves in 2022, that God still heals, that God still delivers, that God still impacts lives. Hallelujah. So thank you all for leading us in worship. Well, you all has turned into one, but thank, thank all you all that were up here. Thank you all for leading us in worship. Thank you for just reaching out and stepping out. Amen. And the young people, y'all y'all encouraged me today. Y'all challenged me today. Amen. Amen. Y'all challenged me today. And y'all encouraged me today. Good to see young people worshiping the Lord. Praise God. I know it doesn't say anywhere in the King James or even the other versions, Yea, thou shalt take a lap, run in the aisles. It doesn't say that you have to do that, but it just does something good for the soul to see young people excited in a church, amen, wide open to seeing people excited for God and worshiping God. Hallelujah. I almost joined y'all, but I didn't want to make a spectacle of myself, but I, I, I might join you next time, all right? Praise God. So good to see so many friends, lifetime friends in this sanctuary from being raised right here in Central and and being a part of this area for uh, throughout my life. And I, I, I honor all of you. And um, just, just good to see everyone. Pastor and Sister Murphy, we love you all. Appreciate you all so very, very much. And the Watley family, we get to connect through Bible quiz. And my boy loves, loves those boys and connecting. And uh, I left him at home today, but maybe he'll get to come with us next time. And uh, but we're so honored to be here. Let's turn the word of the Lord to James chapter 5. I want to look at verse 13 through verse 15. James chapter 5, verse 13 through 15. Bible says this. Is any among you afflicted? And that word means suffering or in trouble in a time of great challenge. Is any among you afflicted, let him pray. Is any merry, let him sing psalms. Is any sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. The prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up if he committed any sins. They shall be forgiven him. I want to back up. I want to read a couple portions of this again, but I want to emphasize 
couple of phrases, and I want us to notice what seems like a small difference, but I believe a strong and important difference in the wording. Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray. In the the NASB, it says it this way. Is anyone among you suffering? Then he must pray. Is anyone among you sick? Then he must call for the elders of the church and they are to pray over him. Interpretation. There are times and circumstances where you and you alone are the one being called on to pray. There are times that others can't do it for you. Then there are other times and circumstances where others are to pray over you to get the job done. I personally believe there's times it's both. God's saying, I'm calling you to pray, and it's okay to call grandma to pray. Amen. It's all right to call the pastor team to pray. Amen. But there are times God's saying, I'm focusing on bringing you to a place of a breakthrough in prayer. So I would like to minister this morning on the subject and consider that there are times when God builds us a prayer room. But for today's message, I would like to call it, I'll build it myself. Would you say that with me? I'll build it myself. Dear Lord, I thank you for your presence, your unction and anointing that's strong in this house. Thank you for that. I pray, Lord, the anointing on us to minister the word of the Lord today. Let lives be impacted. People's hearts be touched and moved by your presence and your word. God, I pray in Jesus' name, let the spirit be activated in this house. Let the word go forth and let the spirit be pure and strong and activated in people's lives and homes and families. In Jesus' holy name, amen. Amen. Turn to at least one person close to you and tell them, I believe God has something for you today. And you may be seated. Amen. You may be seated. Now, I don't want to scare anybody today. But Brother Brian, when I, when I got to digging in my coat, I had two handkerchiefs in my coat and one in my Bible. So if this is going to be a three-hanky sermon, we're going to be here a little while. But I only brought one to the pulpit. Is that all right? Is that fair? Amen. Um, I was raised right here in the Baton Rouge area. First Pentecostal Church in Baton Rouge. And our pastor, Brother Young, had a, had a belief. He had a conviction. I, I don't find Bible for it, but it makes sense in some ways. But he believed that the young people were supposed to sit up front in church. You remember that? He had a belief. I see some uh, 
Baton Rouge First Church that we were raised with folks here. You'll remember the, 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 the sanctuary, the old sanctuary on Victoria Drive only had two sections. It wasn't more spread out where everybody could be a little closer. It was longer and narrow, that old style of one center aisle, more skinnier, slender aisles on the side, but a wider aisle in the middle with two sections. And our pastor asked that the young people sit up front. And I like seeing the young people up front. And I remember when it kind of came my own desire to sit closer to the front. And I was like, you know, I can, it, it, it's nothing more spiritual about the front. It doesn't mean it. But, but number one, if I sit up front, the people that need to can see my behavior. I remember one time we got to talking in church. And because we were up front, the pastor's wife saw it. And she came and sat between me and my friend. My parents could see, but I also learned I don't have to see the back of people's heads. That's not really paying attention. I, I, I can sit up front and just, just, just lock in. But, yeah, it was a conviction. It was strong. And it was for somewhere I've looked in the Bible. I can't find it. But it was the first two rows. I want the young people to sit on the first two rows. And it was segregated. Young men sit on this side. And the young ladies sit on that side. And so through the years, amen, I call it sneak-a-peek. We, we learned how to worship and check the girls out during church. Hallelujah, praise you to all. Yes, praise God. I'm going to talk to her after church. And I will tell you, just young people being young people in phases of youth groups and the different pressures and peer pressures that can happen. There were times there would only be one or two on the front or the second row, but there would be the rest of us on the third or the fourth row. We were kind of close to those first two, but not all the way. And there were other times, man, we just loaded those front two pews up and revival was happening and and I just remember that. It's, it's, again, it's nothing heaven or hell. But, but sometimes it was, sometimes you could gauge the spiritual temperature. If somebody started sitting on the sixth or seventh row, you knew. They fading a little bit. They ain't wanting to be right under the spout where the power's coming out. They wanting to back off a little bit. And then there were times, there were some that would sit in the middle or even towards the back. And again, it, not being judgmental, but just, just sometimes the temperature reflected. They're not really serving the Lord. They're not in a season of connecting with the Lord. And, and again, that's not a across-the-board judgment. It was just observation of a young man. And I remember there were times, I have some specific, specific snapshot memories of times, just the Lord's anointing being so strong. Conviction being in the house so pure. Sunday morning and Sunday night church in those times. And my goodness, Brother Young, sometimes on those Sunday nights, just preach old-fashioned old conviction where you couldn't wait to get to an altar as a young person, just cry and pray and give your heart afresh to God. And I, I remember on some of those altar calls, and I was... In that phase, I was 14-ish, 15-ish. There wasn't quite as many of us in that age. 
but there was a large group at the 17 through 19, 20 phase, just older than me. And I remember there were times that God's presence would get so strong that some of the young men that were been praying for 20 or 30 minutes would, would stand up or look and see one of their friends still standing, the music playing, the conviction still flowing. And we called it white knuckling where you grab the back of the pew in front of you and you squeeze it really hard and you, you're trying not to cry and, and holding on to the back of that pew. Oh, anybody remember what I mean by old-fashioned? I believe it still happens our day, but old-fashioned Holy Ghost conviction. And some of them would be back there white knuckling and fighting back tears knowing they needed to run to that altar. And sometimes some would make a trek back there and put their arm around a shoulder. And, oh, we had some great times. And many times some of those young men would come to the front and cry and pray and had wonderful times. But we, 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 um, we, we didn't just go to church together. We had a Christian school. We went to school together. We were together all the time. And so you'd hear conversations at school after a powerful Sunday service and Sunday night. And I remember I could call the name. I remember a guy saying he, he was one of the ones who the night before had hands draped on his shoulder, who, who had friends praying for him, wanting him to come to the front. And, and I remember the statement. And I, he prayed some, cried a little bit, prayed a little bit then. But I remember the statement of, I, 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 I just didn't want to go to the altar because in my heart, I know I'm, I'm not quite ready to fully live for God. I wasn't ready to make a move. And I kind of get that logic. I, I didn't want to make a move to go pray because I know the next week I'm not going to be living right. I, I, I didn't want to take that step. And I just want to say in hindsight, coming through teenage and young adult years and looking back, I've also seen some who every time God moved, they found an altar even if they weren't ready. I've seen some who, who, who would, would begin to cry and go pray, and they still may make a mess up and a mistake next week, but they went up to an altar. I, I've tried to observe it in hindsight and look back over that journey. I want to make two statements. It's never a bad thing to keep a tender heart to God's presence. I want to say it again. It's never a bad thing to keep a tender heart to God's presence. And I want to make a tandem statement with that. It's never a good thing to allow layers to develop on your heart. Layers that can thicken. Layers that can grow over time and harden and keep us from being moved in God's presence. In hindsight, I'd rather see someone come to the altar over and over while they're still working on some issues and while they're still trying to figure out the journey and while they're still trying to understand where they're at in living for God than to be able to say, I'd rather you come find some place to shed some hot tears and cry out to God and say, God, I may not be all the way ready or I may not understand everything, but you were moving today. Your presence was drawing me today, and I'm not going to say no. 
I'm not going to let layers begin to grow where there comes a time that it's hard for me to break through or get through those layers because there was times I told God no when he was wooing me, loving me, drawing me by his presence. I want to say in this house for the young and old alike and all points in between, don't ever doubt the value of a good prayer meeting. Don't ever doubt the value of a good altar time. Don't ever doubt the value of a good old-fashioned Holy Ghost praying through. Don't ever doubt the value of those hot tears flowing down your cheeks where your heart feels like it's going to bust in your chest because you've just got to have something from God. Oh, I know. I've heard that the stories. Well, one altar call is not going to change a life. No, but it can flip a switch and it can start a journey. Amen. You're going to have to pray again. You're going to have to work on your choices. You're going to have to work on your steps. You're going to have to let God work in the layers of your life. Amen. But I'm sorry, you've come too late to tell me one altar service can change the trajectory for an entire family. One altar service can change a church trajectory. One altar time in God's presence. I have a, a dear friend, one of the friends that was in that youth group just a bit younger than, than I. I've asked his permission to share this story, and he gave me permission. I shared this story recently in his home church in Dallas. His sister is here today. But a young man moved off life growing up and went to a, a church connected to Pentecostal ways, but not quite the depth in the old time belief and the absolute liberty and power of the Holy Ghost. And after several years made a journey back to Baton Rouge, maybe seeing family for the holidays, but this story moved me so much, moved me so deeply. But back in town after several years of, of taking just some, just some different steps a little bit and, and coming back to, to town with family, went to visit the old First Pentecostal Church how come you still remember those numbers? 3155 Victoria Drive. I guess because it rhymes. I don't know. <laughs> but went to visit that church, that building campus, long since been sold to another faith, another church group. And visiting and standing outside and just looking around the property. And the maintenance man or the yard man was out there. And came and talked to him a little bit and said, well, we'll uh, you know, talk. said, well, man, I used to go here. And he said, yeah. He said, y'all come by here often. I recognize the way y'all have that look on your face. <laughs> he said, would you like to go inside? And they said, absolutely. And my friend said, when they went inside, something just came over him. And he went and stood at the spot of that altar where he had prayed and we had prayed so many times 
And he read, no choir now, no preacher now, no peer group, youth group, no, just, just him and family member or two went, went and stood in that altar and said, Jesus, just one more time. Could I feel what I used to feel one more time? Would you let me feel what I used to feel? Would you let me, ex don't tell me that you're not going to remember, amen, those times of breaking through in God's presence. Don't tell me that it doesn't make a difference, amen, to... Can I experience that one more time? I never want to take for granted. I never want to take for granted that God would begin to pull on. I remember those years, and I still want it to happen over and over again where God begins to draw, where God begins to pull, and you can't wait to pray until something happens, and you can't wait to cry until your spirit is renewed and your heart is refreshed and your Holy Ghost oil is poured Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Adults, family members, elders, hear me today. I want to reinforce sometimes you're just one good prayer meeting. You're just one good altar call from a breakthrough to that next level, to a new direction or shift that God wants to do in your life. Amen. Sometimes nothing will work. Nothing away. Thank God for grandma's praying. Thank God for ministry praying. Thank God for friends praying. But sometimes God's saying, I got them praying, but I'm drawing you to a place of prayer. I'm drawing you to a place of breakthrough. I'm drawing you to something in me. <laughs> Let's just talk to the Lord for a moment right now. Would you just lift your hearts across this place? Tell him, I receive that, Jesus. I receive that, Jesus. <laughs> I want us to take a few moments this morning and look into the story of Jonah. We began with the very first verse of the first chapter. The word of the Lord came to Jonah. It'll be on the screen. You can follow along. And the Lord said, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city. Cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. And that day and that time, Nineveh, one of the large cities, the, the, just the, I, I've read and seen uh, stories about Nineveh. The, the wickedness was so very great. And God told Jonah, go cry against this wicked city. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Now let me just, as I was driving down this morning, I have to, I just meditated on this a little while and I have to confess, sometimes I've maybe been a little hard on Jonah but no, the Lord had called me recently and just said, go walk the streets. Let's just pick New Orleans. I guess it's easy to pick on here in Louisiana. Let's just go walk the streets and cry against that wicked city. I'd rather come preach where at least I know a few of y'all like me. It's going to feed me good after church, I hope. 
Jonah was asked, with no support team, just go begin walking the streets of that large and wicked city. And began crying against it. It terrified Jonah. It was bigger than he could handle on his own. And he made a decision. That's too big for me. It's too much for me. I can't handle that. And so he fled from the presence of the Lord. I believe God knew. I'm about to put a request on Jonah that he can't accept without a fresh anointing. And that old-fashioned burden and calling on his life. God knew Jonah's going to have to find a place of prayer for this to happen properly. But Jonah, his human nature, he fled. Somebody say he fled. He fled unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He, sh- he found a ship going to Tarshish and paid the fare. I'm not going to stay here long, but anytime you flee from the presence of God, there is a price to be paid. He went down to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. I know Jonah's story is not our story, but if you will allow it to represent and connect that there are many times life is heavy. It's bigger than us. Life can bring circumstances and situations that's overwhelming to us. And our nature, yours may not be, but my nature is to turn into a crawfish and back out. My nature is to say, I can't quite handle that, so I'm going to escape a little bit. Jonah fled. He escaped from the presence of the Lord. Sometimes when God is leading us to a place that the only answer is going to be a breakthrough in prayer, our nature says, that's too big, God. That's kind of heavy. I don't know if I can handle that. You may be the only one in here, or you you may have it all figured out, and you're super spiritual all the time, but I try to get, I try to run sometimes. I try to escape sometimes. Jonah's escaping. Notice the next verse. As Jonah is escaping this way, the Bible said in verse 4, but the Lord, somebody say the Lord. The Lord sent out a great wind into the sea, and there was a mighty tempest in the sea. God said, so you're running? Okay. I am going to send Am I the only one in the room that's ever ran from God's presence in some form before and ran as fast as I can? And when you stop, God's right there going, hey, how's it going? If I can put it in these terms, Jonah begins to flee. And God said, I'm going to begin my construction project. I'm going to build a prayer room for my man because if he'll get to a place of prayer, he's going to have a breakthrough and he'll go walk the streets of that city and there's going to be a great revival. The whole key was Jonah finding his place of prayer. God sent a great wind. So the story unfolds. Verse 5, the mariners were afraid and cried every man unto his God. I want you to notice this for a moment. Everybody else on the boat is praying. 
But look at the end of the verse. Jonah goes down into the sides of the ship and lay and was fast asleep. Boy, that's that's human nature. If I can't run it out, if I can't run it out, I'm gonna sleep it off. Maybe it was oppression. Maybe it was. I don't know what all the weight he was feeling. They're all crying out and praying, and Jonah's downstairs asleep. What he didn't do was go downstairs and have a prayer meeting. Storm starting to kick in. He goes downstairs and falls asleep. The mariners begin trying to figure out. They're throwing stuff overboard. They're trying to figure out why is this happening? What's going on? Is there a reason for this? And they start talking to Jonah. Look at verse 8. They said, for whose cause is this come upon us? Hey, hey, sir, you that were downstairs sleeping, what, what's your occupation? Where you come from? What's your country? <laughs> Boy, they're drilling him. They're asking all kind of questions. What, what people grew? Where are you from? Verse 9, he said, I'm a Hebrew, and I love this next line. I fear the Lord, the God of heaven. He made the sea and the dry land. I may be running, and I may be sleeping, but somewhere down in here, I have a heart for God. I know what's right. I know what's best. I know what's going on, but, but, but I, I, I'm, I'm running. I'm not getting under the weight of that right now. So then they said to him, why have you done this? They knew that he had fled from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. That's pretty, I'm running from God. That's why I'm on this ship. So notice, he feared or revered God greatly. And God knows this. It's a heavy weight on this man. But down in there somewhere is a heart for me that he won't be able to escape from. It's not an easy place that he's in right now. He can't handle it in his own logic and his own strength. But when he has an intense interaction with me through prayer, everything's going to be all right. When he has his breakthrough, everything's going to be all right. Amen. When he gets a hold of me like I know he's going to, everything is going to be all right. Verse 11, the men. On the boat. Well, what are we supposed to do to you that the sea will calm down for us? The sea wrought was tempestuous. He said unto them, notice this. Take me up. Cast me forth into the sea. So the sea shall be calm for you. In hindsight, we know God had a great fish prepared. Jonah didn't know that. Jonah says, throw me overboard to my demise. That's how you take care of your situation. Jonah says, boy, this is going to sound kind of just strong. But it appears to me Jonah is implying, I'd rather die. And try to figure it all out with God. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'd like to think if I was Jonah at that moment when they're saying, what do we do? 
I'd like to say, hey, if y'all give me 15 minutes, if y'all give me 30 minutes, I'm going to go downstairs and me and Jesus are going to have a talk. And by the time I come back up those stairs, I'm going to have an answer for y'all. I'd like to think something would have triggered in this guy's mind if I can just get a hold of God. But he, he, he didn't do it. They must have liked Jonah. The next verse says they steered real hard trying to get to land. They're like, hang on, hang on. We're going to try harder. Bible said it didn't quite work. Verse 13. Harder they tried, the sea just kept being rough and was against them. God said, you want to pray? I'll build this prayer room a little bit more. The wind's going to get a little bit rougher. Finally, by verse 15, I guess the men figured out our rowing ain't working. I mean, still get this picture. They're all praying. They're all trying to figure it out. Not Jonah, not yet. Then the Bible says in verse 15, they took him up, cast him into the sea. Sea calms down. You ever imagine the conversations they had on the boat at that moment? Man, that, that dude must have done some bad stuff. I mean, all of a sudden it's smooth sailing. It's like, oh, man, I don't know what he did. It was bad. And you, then they're also probably saying that that guy's God was a little upset, huh? They cast him into the sea. Verse 16, they feared the Lord. There it is, exceedingly. They're not just talking to all the gods now. They're talking to Jonah's God, saying, you're, you're a powerful God. Verse 17, remember who sent the wind? Verse 4, look what he does now. Now the Lord hath prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah. God didn't allow Jonah to get thrown overboard for Jonah to die. God allowed Jonah to get thrown overboard for Jonah to find himself a place of prayer. God said, I'm taking this prayer room business to a higher level. I've got a fish that's going to swallow you up, and you're going to be inside the, the belly of that whale for three days and three until uh, somebody. God said, I'm going to do whatever it takes. Would you notice that 17, if, if you had your Bibles you open, you could see uh, on the screen, I'll, I'll just tell you. This, this, this verse is the last verse of chapter 2. The Lord prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Still don't say he prayed on day one. He prayed on day two, or he prayed, I don't know. All I know is it says he was there for three days and three nights. Can you put chapter 2, verse 1 on the screen? And then, first three words, then Jonah prayed. Will somebody say it with me? Then Jonah prayed. Will somebody say it with me again? Then Jonah prayed. 
prayed. He says in the next verse, Jonah said, made this statement, and God delivered him. Verse 1, God delivered him from the, the belly of the fish. Look what he said in verse 2. I cried by reason of my affliction unto the Lord, and he heard me. Out of the belly of hell cried I, and thou heard my voice. It was the affliction. It was the tough time that brought him to the place of prayer that he was supposed to go. And when he prayed, when he finally had that breakthrough prayer moment, God changed everything. God, amen, delivered Jonah from the well. Jonah walks into the city of Nineveh and preaches with an anointing. And God brings that entire wicked city to a place of deliverance because Jonah had a prayer time that broke. And that is a great story. And it's in the Bible of a city that was brought to repentance through the ministry of Jonah. And I thank God for that story. But I've decided I do not want God to have to build me, to custom build me a prayer room for me to get to that place of prayer. God sent the wind. He didn't pray yet. God sent the great fish. He didn't pray yet until he was there for three days. Then he said, I'm ready to get this straight, God. I'm ready to get this worked on. God built him a place of prayer. And that man prayed. Until his breakthrough came. I thank God for that. But I don't want God to have to go to those means for me to say, I'm willing to dive on that altar. I'm willing to have a talk with you until you transform my family. I'm willing to pray old-fashioned. I'm saying it on purpose over and over. I'm willing to pray old-fashioned. Holy Ghost, can I say it this way? I don't care how it looks, ugly prayers. I'm willing to pray until the Holy Ghost moves. I'm willing to pray until something happens. <laughs> I've decided I don't want God to have to build my prayer room like that. I'll build it myself. I want to do what it takes to get in your presence. What does it take? Just ask us all a question. What does it take to move you? First Kings chapter 19. Verse 11 and 12, the Lord spoke to the prophet and said, Go forth, stand on the mount, stand before the Lord. Behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and a strong wind rent the mountains and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, verse 12 says, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. And God spoke through the small voice. God, if he has to, can speak through the winds 
of a tornado or a storm or the hurricane that you all have faced so often in southern parts of Louisiana. God can move through the earthquake in my life if he has to. And God can use the fires to bring ravishing and destruction around me if he has to. But I've decided I don't want it to take a strong wind for me to say I'm ready to listen. I don't want it to take an earthquake for me to say I'll get my family right with God. And I don't want it to take the fires of destruction for me to have to say I'll call on the name of the Lord. I want God to be able to whisper when the praise team is singing and the presence of God comes at the mention of his name and and I feel the I'm trying to talk to you today Greg I want to be able to say God I hear I feel that breath in my spirit I feel that tender moving of your presence I, I hear that still small voice talking to me I want to respond to the whispers of heaven I want to be able to respond uh, ha ha Somebody tell him, I want to be able to hear your still small voice. I want to be able to hear your still small voice. I don't want it to take heaven and earth to move me as an individual. I don't want to have to take the earth queen and the fire to move us as a family. I don't want to have to take all that to move us as a church. I want to be able to hear. heard of a man who was raised in church but rejected the overtures, turned away from God and went his own direction and rejected the overtures of folks through years reaching and loving, trying to connect in his life from time to time. But a sickness came into his body that was fatal. It was going to take his life. And I heard the story that just a few days before his passing, he had rejected overtures. His heart had stayed at a hardened place for just a couple of days before his passing. With barely strength left in his body, he was able to crawl to a family member and go to a place of prayer. And God restored that man's soul. And God made things right. And that man will be in heaven for eternity because of the mercies of God and because he turned his heart. But I've decided, and that's beautiful, and I thank God for those type of stories. But I've determined I don't want to be two days before eternity. I don't want to be two days before eternity. And life circumstances bring me to a place that I I'll tell God I'm ready to listen. I'm ready to be right with you. I hope I'm not coming across hard today, but I do hope I'm coming across strong today. I want to be right with God. I want to keep a tender heart with God. I want my family right with God. I want to be a revival church. In this church. It hits me heavy. Pastor talked about Amen. The, the, the war and destruction going across the globe. Amen. I, 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 you may not consider Ukrainians. I, I just, this the word that it came to me today. They're my brothers and my sisters fighting for liberty. That's my brothers and my sisters. I, I've never thought of them as my brothers or my sisters per se before today. But the precious people of that entire country are my brothers and my sisters. And people are being heroes fighting for their liberty and fighting for their freedom and willingly dying to try to protect that and my heart this week has said, God, am I willing to have the same spirit for your gospel and your kingdom as those precious people have standing for their liberty against the tyranny of evil? 
Hallelujah. I want to fight for revival. I want to fight for a church that has moves of God. I want to fight for a church where the Holy Ghost is strong. Where God's power moves. I don't want it to take an earthquake. A fire. Or a storm. To be when I decide maybe... It's time to try praying. I'd want a heart that desires his presence often. Can I say it again? I desire a heart that desires his presence often. Oh, y'all go to church too much. Didn't you have good church last Sunday? Why are you going again this Sunday? And y'all go on Wednesdays too? Uh-huh, yes I do. And I go to the prayer room on one day, and by about two days later, I got to go get up in that prayer room again. Huh? You don't understand that world? Well, you pull up to the table, and you eat, and you eat everything that's in front of you. And if it's a buffet, you go back again, and you get all kinds of stuff, and you go again. And you know what you do the next day? You go again, and you go to that restaurant again, and you don't complain. I'm going to, I want to get in God's presence every chance I can. I want to get, uh, you say, well, I prayed through a month ago. I want a tender heart that's fresh with God, that stays renewed in the power of the Holy Ghost. Don't let anybody intimidate you. I don't know you. I, I'm just using you as an example. But if you was in that altar last Sunday and God deals with you and you step out and you get in that altar again and the next Sunday you do it again, well, they're going to think you backslid. They're going to think you must have a bunch of mess. And they don't think that, but the devil likes to say that kind of thing. You go every Sunday if you have to. You keep a tender heart for God. You let God move you. You let God stir you. Yeah, I'd rather... I'd rather see a oh I'd rather see a man or a lady go get in that altar every Sunday while they're working through their mess than say, I don't have it all figured out. Let God move you. Let God work in your life. Let God stir you. If you fight for anything, life can bring numbness. Life can bring layers if you fight for anything. You guard your tender heart. You ask God to put warriors up guarding your tender heart. I know we go through some dry seasons, but I tell God, you, I, you may have ordained that we go through some dry seasons, but nowhere in the Bible does it say I have to like it. Hurry up. Put this dry season in the microwave. I'm ready to feel you again. I'm ready for the Holy Ghost to move on me. I love Holy Ghost tears falling. I love being able to feel your presence. Spoil. He spoiled me to his presence. I don't want to get used to being numb. I don't want to get used to any layers of hardness. If you fight for anything, fight for a tender heart. Ask God to guard that tender heart. Put the best guards in front of my heart and help it to stay tender no matter how I've been hurt, no matter what's come your way, no matter what's happened in your life or your home. Keep a tender heart. Where God can move you with his whisper. Where he can move you with his sweetness. Where he can move you with his presence. In the name of Jesus. 
Pray for a heart that can be moved by his spirit. A heart that the preaching of the word moves and touches. A heart that can't wait to get to an altar. A heart that says, I'm going to hold on until the atmosphere shifts. Cry out loud. You stand with me across this room. Just take a moment. You don't mind closing your eyes and lifting your heart and your hands to the heavens. Lifting your hands is twofold. It's a sign of surrender and it's a sign of prayer and praise. God, I pray right now an anointing on the fathers, on the men in this house, on the ladies in this house. But right now I'm praying over the fathers and the men in this house. you never too much of a man's man to have a tender heart before God. Amen. I know we got to be man's men, and that's good. And we got to be strong for our families, and that's good. But part of that to me in the apostolic faith is having a tender heart for God. I know we go through different numbness and dry seasons, but I'm asking every man in this house to say, God, give me a tender heart. God, let me hear your voice. I may not be in a place where tears are flowing today, but let me get there if I'm not there today where the tenderness of God moves me, where the sweetness of God moves me. Just for a moment, we're all praying, but men, would you let your cry come out right now? I just need a man or two or three in this house to let a cry come out right now. Ladies, would you join the men right now? Let that cry just come out right now. Life wants to bring layers of hardness. It brings hurts. It brings offense. The world just seems to be just going pell-mell so fast down a black diamond slope. It's, it's chaos all around. It's chaos in the world. I've got to keep a heart for God. Uh, young people, that's it, young men, young ladies. Yeah, you were in these altars. Let your cry come out before him right now in the media booth. Let your cry come out. How long has it been since you let those hot tears flow and you didn't care how it looked? How long has it been since you laid on your face in an altar and you didn't care how it looked or how it sounded? You were going to cry and pray and call on God until something happened. Jesus, amen. I know you've got a new work for a new day, but would you let that old-fashioned anointing come in this house? Would you let an old-fashioned call from heaven call come in this house? Would you let an old-fashioned drawing and convicting and loving move of God move in this room? Kandeya shando totoko shoto rabahaya. 
Amen. These altars are open. You can keep praying right where you're standing. But if you feel a drawn to an old, I'm just going to name this an old-fashioned altar this morning. If you feel drawn to that mom or dad, amen, family, you feel free. You step out, come kneel, come lay, come stand. Amen. Just come. Where you're standing, those of you standing, would you take the hand of a neighbor beside you? Let's let this prayer cry out. Let this prayer cry out. Let it cry out in your family. Let it cry out in your home right now. Let it cry out, amen, in your journey right now. I'm calling moms to get in this altar and just cry out. I'm calling some dads to get in this altar and just cry out. Don't let life bring you a hard heart. It wants to. It tries to. Amen. You fight for that tender heart. You give God permission to plow that tender heart. You give God permission to work on you. These altars are open. That's it. You're welcome to come. Come, families. Come, Grace Church Central. I'm inviting you. Just come. Come kneel. Come stand from the front to the back. If you're just absolutely not comfortable doing that, you keep praying. Don't stop praying in your pew. You have full permission from me to pray right there. I grant you that liberty. You don't have to stop. It's still godly, and God's still with you, and he's still in it. But if you feel that drawing, amen, you feel that tug. I know it's no more spiritual at the front, but if you feel that, just step out. Just step out. It's representative today. Ah, that's it, church. From the front row to the back. God bless Now, Jesus, from the front row to the back, left to right. Amen. Amen. Others can pray. I thank God for friends praying. I thank God for ministry praying. I thank God for family praying. That's important. The Bible said do that. Call them and they're to pray. But there's times God's saying, you got to break through. You got to get a hold of me. You got to have something happen in your prayer. Come on, sis. That's it. Let that holy cry come out right now. Let that holy cry. That's a holy cry. That's a holy cry. Let those prayers come. Devil, you're not going to get my home. You're not going to get my family. You're not going to get...
You're not going to get my family. You're not going to get my kids. Let the holy cry come out right now. Some of you are praying in the Holy Ghost. Let that happen right now. Some of you are praying quietly because those hot tears are just dripping down your cheeks. Let that happen right now. That's of God. That's of God right now. Just let it be in you. Let it be on you. Let it move on you and through you. Yeah, 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 you're not having to walk in an old church saying, God, let me, it's here today, it's here, it's here, it's here for you, it's here for your children, it's here for your families. Hallelujah. Hell, you're not getting this. Hell, you're not putting layers where we can't get through to God, where it becomes dry. No, 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 no. We're going to fight for a tender heart. We're going to fight for a soft heart. We're going to fight for a heart that can be. I don't want to be Jonah. I don't want it to have to take all that storm and wind and three days in the belly of hell to decide, okay, praying's the only thing that's going to work. I want to pray first. I want to pray in the journey. I want to call on God.
Grace Church, let's press on for a few moments, everybody. Everybody, we need a breakthrough in the Holy Ghost right now. Everybody, talk to the Lord. Everybody, talk to the Lord right now, everybody. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. There's some Jacobs here right now that's wrestling with the angel of the Lord. Let the Spirit of the Lord prevail. Let the Spirit of the Lord prevail right now in Jesus' name.